You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Michael Kist. Are you caught me not listening again? Benjamin Solak. You never listen! It's the Kist and Solak Show. Presented by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. You are flying high on the Kist and Solak show. This is episode 144, brought to you by the fine folk at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I am your host, Michael Kist. Follow me on Twitter at MichaelKistNFL. That's K-I-S-T. As always, joined by the best doggone co-host in the game, Mr. Nine Year Streak Without a Bad Day. He is Benjamin Solak. Follow him on Twitter at Benjamin Solak. That's S-O-L-A-K. Ben. Good to be back, brother. I missed you. How you doing, brother? Yeah, how was your little bi-week vacation, a little bi-cation? I, I read a lot. I read a lot of, of books, word sandwiches, as as I call them. That doesn't make any sense at all. I fed myself some knowledge, cracked some eggs of knowledge on my own head. That implies that there's... That doesn't make any sense. Because <laughs> there would have to be two things outside of the words. Yeah, it's the cover. The cover still has words on them. As if it's a hardcover, it could be a word sandwich. Like, because you take the, like, if you take the top part off, like, you know how some books have, like, those glossy covers, and you take that off, and there's, like, nothing there, so it's not always words on the book, you dummy. Wow. (laughs) So the Eagles are playing the Patriots on Sunday. (laughs) Yes, this is happening. How have you been? How have you been? What have you been up to? I've been well. Thank God. Every day is a joy. Everything is delicious. Uh, Dave Zangaro did a piece on Brandon Brooks recently. Brooks, of course, who just uh, got his right guard setting extension you know the best uh highest paid guard in the league also the best guard in the league yes brooks who also was just nominated for the brock courage award uh for the philadelphia eagles if memory serves as well so good week for brandon brooks um but i saw this that that dave tweeted out from from his piece which is a good piece you go read it um brandon brooks and the power of positivity and rehab brooks said and i quote what am i gonna do man be sad about this and that's how i feel about getting on the podcast every day. What am I going to do, man? Are you sad about this? No. <laughs> you know what his contract made me think of? He made It made me think of this tweet from him from April 23rd, 2018. This is when they gave Foles a little bit more money for his performance. He said, if you're wondering about the restructure, I get four mil now, four mil by September 1st with a couple hundred thousand over the season. The reason I did it was because the effing Super Bowl MVP deserved more money at Nick Foles. Love right. you, bro. Hashtag whatever it takes. Well, this it's- is why Brooks is so delightful. Yeah. Is because, like, why did I restructure? So that Nick Foles could make more money. And then he was asked about, like, you know, staying here. And he was like, yeah, I signed extensions. I don't want to leave. Like, this is what you, like, you know, like, because like, there's a lot of reasons why people would sign extensions for whatever, right? Yeah. But Brooks, Brooks, I signed an extension because I want to stay here. So I extended my contract here. The end. Yep. It also reminded me of a tweet of mine from November 27th, 2017, Michael. 2017. Does it bang as hard as Brandon Brooks? It says, Brandon Brooks is one of the best guards in football. Please feel free to at me. 
before it was cool. <laughs> Sorry, I just found that tweet after it got extended. I was like, oh, shoot. It's got to be one of Howie's best signings from, from free agency. I mean, I, I can't think of anyone else. We have the 2016 spree was uh, Nigel Bradham. McLeod. Ronnie McLeod. Brandon Brooks. Yeah, it was Brandon Brooks. And then it also added a couple of players who, while they're not still with the Eagles, were valuable at the time. Leotis McKelvin, Chase Daniel. Um, and there's one other one that like was effective for a year and then he went elsewhere, but it was still important. I can't remember who it was, but like it was, it was a decent group. It was, it was, a, it was an important year. Obviously it was the year how he rested control back. Brandon Brooks will get all of the credit for being extension worthy and rightfully so. Mm. But this was a dude who was underdrafted because he underperformed at the college level. He had a ton of bad weight. The Texans were the team that got him. Ran him through his rookie year, didn't have the money to resign him. The Eagles are the one who grab him. When they grab him, it's one of the bigger contracts that is the biggest contract of that 2016 group that they gave out. Right. Brooks was not really a well known guy. You know, obviously signing a guard is not sexy. Well, now he's being extended. He's a huge part of what's perennially one of the most dominant offensive lines. How he deserves some credit for that. And this yeah. just goes back to our overarching point of like, it always looks like the grass is greener. You know, it's always so much easier to remember, like, oh, he did a bad job drafting in 2018. Oh, yeah, but, you know, there's there's good players from every class, and there's also good free agent signings that, like, oh, the Eagles haven't added a good veteran free agent signing. Well, they did with Brooks. <laughs> Man, it was the the absolute home run. You got to, you know, take them both. A guy that the Texans tried to replace with an absolute bum, and I'm not even sure if the guys, I can't even remember who it was they tried to replace with him, but I know for a fact that, like, he was, like, for two years in a row, might have been the worst guard in the NFL. I can't was remember it, the name of it, but okay. Was it Xavier Suafilo? And then no. he went to the Cowboys? Was it Jeff Allen or was he the center that they had that went to Kansas City? I, I think it might have been uh, I think it might have been Jeff Allen, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Jeff Allen. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Right. No longer in the league. You hate oh. to see it. That was the same year they signed uh, Brock Osweiler, too. Go Texans. The, the thing about the Houston Texans is that they make a lot of good choices. <laughs> so, whoa. Oh, hot take. <laughs> uh, also, some, some news from today. We won't go through the full injury report, but this is pretty fresh. Uh, obviously, we're recording on Thursday afternoon. Alshon Jeffrey has not practiced for the second practice in a row. So, looking at the lineup here, no Alshon, no Deshaun. Leaves you with Nelson Aguilar, and then maybe on the outside, we're looking mm-hmm. at J.J. Ortega-Whiteside and Jordan Matthews, maybe Mike Collins somewhere in there. Like, it's it's a big spot for J.J. to to prove his draft position, hopefully, in this game, because, boy, do they Listen, need help. As I've always and often said, the best way to integrate your <laughs> struggling rookie offensive weapon is to play him against the number one defense in the history of forever. It's crazy. I cannot tell you the number of times I've said this to people. No one listens to me. I've retweeted it multiple times as well. People know that I agree with you on this. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, we're going to be previewing the Eagles offense against the Patriots defense on the next Kiss and Solak. Today is going to be dedicated to the Patriots offense against the Eagles defense. We won't talk about quite yet how the Eagles can survive going up against the first-ranked DVOA defense, allowing 4.6 yards per pass, which is first in the league, and a 19% conversion rate on third down, which is also first in the league, without two of their starting wide receivers. We'll see how that goes. We'll see if we can come up with any answers. But for now, mm-hmm. we get to preview the Patriots' offense. We'll take a look at them against the Eagles' defense, who I think uh, people have kind of forgotten might be a bit of a problem after having to uh, or having the luxury of facing Mitchell Trubisky and Josh Allen. 
Now they go up against Tom Brady. And look, this offense isn't like having like crazy dynamic production, but they're still they're still performing pretty well. They're 11th in DVOA, 13th in the pass, 19th in the run. Uh, 25.7 points per game is ninth. Uh, my initial impression from from watching this offense, I know Warren Sharp has tweeted about this as well, but I think the main thing that I'm worried about, and obviously there's a lot to unpack here, especially with Tom Brady, but the buzzwords going around here are tempo and turbo. And they've gone to this 9% of their snaps, I think, per Warren Sharp, if you look up his personnel frequency thingy majigger. But they also have a 60% success rate with no huddle on the year. For those of you not familiar with success rate, that's really good and really efficient. So when they do go turbo, and it's, it's not necessarily to fire off a snap as quickly as possible, they'll also audible in motion. So they'll come up to the line, gather information, and then work from there. For instance, against the Ravens, they had an entire touchdown drive of no huddle. On first and 10, and I'll break down a few plays here and we can get, a, get kind of get to some larger points, but on first and 10, Brady recognizes a cover zero blitz. Does that sound familiar? He checks into what they call D-slant hook, which is just slant flat to the two wide receiver side. Then to the tight end side, you have Sanu from a nasty split. So he's close to the formation. He's on a speed out with the tight end Ben Watson on an option route that he sits down for a hook curl. So a basic quick passing concept, check it check it at the line against a common Schwartz blitz. Sanu catches the speed out, turns it upfield for a first down. Next play, no huddle, same two-by-two set to the two-wide receiver side. They've got switch vertical releases with Dor- Dorsett running a post. Edelman is on the wheel. They really like this combination. They call it peel, uh, but that's not what makes this play. This, this one really has me worried, Ben. This is going to be a play-action fake, and what the Patriots do is they pull left guard Joe Thoney across the formation. Is it Thoney or Tooney? Tooney? Is it Tooney or... Th- I, I thought maybe in my head I just like made up that it's pronounced weird, but I always thought it was pronounced Tooney. Anyway, you, you what you were doing was good. I shouldn't have stopped it. Yeah, J.J. Arthega Thuni across the formation to pick up the uh, the edge rusher. But what this also does, and this is key, the Mike linebacker reads this pool from Tooney across the across the formation to the tight end side. He takes his read step, he gets sucked into the action, and that's all the Patriots need to send Ben Watson on a crosser over that linebacker for an easy completion against cover three. Eagles like to run cover three. That linebacker is going to be Nate Geary. So you've already got in two plays a check for his cover zero and a play action cover three beater. And the next play you get motion to the right, flipping the run strength. The Ravens respond by flipping their linebacker and safety. They're on outside zone to the safety side where Tooney, Thoney, J.J. Arthega Thoney washes that safety out and you get a giant hole and a nice gain. So if you check my timeline, I linked a piece from Mark Schofield where he wrote for Pat's Pulpit, the, the details in these plays, he breaks it down even further, these three plays, even in more depth. But these three ideas form, for me anyway, like the iron backbone of the philosophy that we should see from the Patriots when they go turbo against the Eagles, because it's a formula that will work to attack the Eagles' weaknesses. Tooney. I, that's what I did. What, what did I say? You said Thuney. And don't uh, pretend like you did. What did I say? <laughs> Thuney. Uh, and the Patriots have a video of him pronouncing his name, and it's three seconds long, and it's just him saying Joe Tooney twice, which I think is great. Um, so I appreciate that. Do they have that for everyone, or is that specifically for I don't him? know, it's... right? Like, if they have that for Tom Brady, that's a little silly, right? Yeah. But I don't know. We'll have to investigate. Patriots, man. So so the Patriots offense is worse than it was. We we, we start from there. Like, that's been the, the, the storyline for the first half of the season. Ah, oh, this defense is suffocating. It's smothering. You can't see. You can't get around it. There's nothing to do. They have 
12 times as many interceptions as they do touchdown passes allowed and they get off the field on third down and oh my goodness they blitz seven against Sam Darnold Yibikaye. all right defense is great offense is not as good why there's two things that are missing uh, from this offense the first is starters uh, Isaiah Wynn mm. been on IR whole season starting left guard I believe don't quote me it might be a right guard but I think it's left guard uh David Andrews out IR First half of the season. Now, Andrews is not likely to come back this year, from what I understand, but Isaiah Wynn is, is, is uh, designated for return. Mm. He's probably not coming back for the Eagles game. You know, he could be activated off IR pretty much whenever. Also, uh, rookie, I want to say third-round pick, Yanni Kajust. Mm-hmm. Injured. IR. Whole year. What was it? What was his injury? Because I know he had the knee concern coming yeah, out. Yeah, I, I, I have no idea. Good info, Ben. Well, my, my first thought was <laughs> knee, but then I realized that's just... Because he's always had an injured knee. So right. I was just, you know, conflating West Virginia stuff. But anyway, what this leads to... Oh, David Andrews are starting center. What this leads to is Ted Karras starting at center. Marshall Newhouse starting at left tackle. Mike, I'm here to tell you something. You may not know this. Marshall Newhouse <laughs> is not a great football player. He's really not, yeah. And he's bounced around the league literally everywhere. Oh. And the reason is because he's, he's, he's a journeyman. He's career backup. Ted Karras, not great. Mm. He's backup. Career backup is the reason why. Okay. So, firstly, you're having an offensive line that is struggling to perform the way we expect for Patriots lines to do. I would still guess they're probably in the low teens. They're still like a top 15 offensive line, right? Somewhere between 15 and 10. Yeah. Which means that they're still above league average. But for what we expect from Dante Scarnecchia, offensive line coach in New England, and the Patriots historically, bad offensive line this year. Do you think they're up there because of the play of Marcus Cannon, Shaq Mason, Joe Tooney, guys like that who are playing solid? They just have those two, like, noticeable weak spots right i think marcus cannon's playing good ball mm-hmm. shaq mason's been dealing with injury a little bit this year but he's been fine yeah tooney not playing as well as i remember him playing tbh but also i just told you left tackle and the center are out and the patriots offensive line does everything mm-hmm. everything it's a very uh, there's, there's a great amount of multiplicity in what they do in terms of run blocking in terms of their pass checks when you have a a quarterback like brady who's been doing this for as long you can check as many protections as you want so a very advanced uh a system for the offensive line in the running game and in pass protection that gets harder when you're when you're sandwiched between two backups you know you you, you, it, it, you have to do more work there's less uh you know you can't work yourself into as good of, of checks as easily because you don't know, you know, these guys may not be able to execute them consistently. And so I think Tooney's a bit on an island and struggling a little bit because of it. I think he's a better player than what we've seen this year. It's also worth saying he's probably not as good a player as the guy who stonewalled Aaron Donald for four quarters in the Super Bowl. He's probably, the truth is somewhere in the middle, right? As we always Correct. say. So Tooney's been a little bit worse than I remember, but Shaq, Shaq Mason and Marcus Cannon are two good ball players, and we've known that for a bit. So... Offensive line is is worse, and this matters because Brady ain't ain't escaping. This is not the old Tommy's game. There was never a, a, a high caliber athlete, and now he's bordering on not a functional athlete. He does not get out of the pocket. How dare success. you? How dare you break this news and don't lead with it going into the show, Ben? So you you you're now limited in your ability to push the ball down the field. Then on top of that, much like is the case for Philadelphia, Josh Gordon didn't pan out. The kill Harry went on IR. These were the two guys you expected to play as your outside receivers, and you had Gronk retire. Gronk was your seam threat. Mm. I can't I, like it's so peculiar to watch as much Patriots offensive film as I did these past few weeks and not see a seam route. Team don't run seam routes anymore. 
Right. And they really don't throw deep. Like their their deep ball frequency is down. And like you said, they used to attack seams. Like that was that was their moneymaker. In the past three years of Jim Schwartz versus uh whatever his name is, Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels. Eagles are gonna sit in base cover three. What's the weakness of cover three? It's the seams, baby. It's the seams. Yeah, we're just gonna, we're gonna slice it right up there in front of that that Dean Little safety. We'll get 13, 15 yards on that whenever we want it. Make Ryan McLeod tackle 13 times a game. Ideal. You don't have that threat. You know, and 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 you're not even playing real big slot guys because you're not you you don't have the bodies to do it. Mohamed Sanu is your biggest big you know potential big slot guy. Now there were people, myself among them, who advocated Nikhil Harry as a potential big slot player at the NFL level. Jacoby Myers, undrafted agent rookie, also a player who's been a candidate for that sort of a role, but they're not putting them there right. because that's not what they ask of their their slot receivers. This team wants to run its quick game, its high low game. From the slot, when we talk about the Patriots offense, like I said, it's like Philadelphia in that they've lost the guys who were supposed to be their deep threats this year. So what has the offense become? It's become quick game, shallow depth of target, high, low, and drive, right? Like if if, if Brady can tell at the snap or immediately post-snap that he's going to get an empty flat, he's going there for five yards every <laughs> single time. Yeah. And that's been Brady's MO forever, but it's now even more especially important because... Team doesn't have a, a, a good deep threat. Mm-hmm. This is how they have to survive. And then it's it's pivot routes and it's whip routes and it's option routes. And the option route is a big deal because like you've seen him be off schedule and all, not on the same page with with Mohamed Sanu multiple times on option routes because you gotta learn. It's yeah. not easy, you know, just plug a guy in and and, and option people uh, down the field with him. And me and real quickly, me and Mark Schofield were talking about that, talking about maybe what the blueprint is, you know, with what the Bills were able to do. The Bills were able to confuse not necessarily Tom Brady, but they were able to confuse the wide receivers that he was working with. And it caused a disconnect between Brady and the receivers. Now, if the Eagles can do that, we'll we'll see. But continue. It's a good point. Yeah, no. Well, well like, right. So that's that's exactly where we're going to end up. Right. Which is. Okay, so there's some similarities here in how the Patriots offense, how the Eagles offense needs to move the, the, the ball down the field. Mm hmm. Uh, Tom Brady is eighth in the league right now in time to throw at 2.62, so the eighth shortest. And then he's ninth in the league in intended air yards at 7.2. This is a a, a, a shallow passing team. Yeah. So you need to be able to conflate pre-snap reads and trap post-snap interior routes. If right. you can't, Tom's going to throw it 30 times. He's going <laughs> to complete 26 of them. He's going to get 204 yards and three touchdowns. And that sounds like an exact stat line against what beats this Eagles defense, if you right, want to. Right, right, and that, and and so that's the interesting thing is like, it, it the, this is not a good matchup for the Eagles in a lot of ways. Mm. Uh, we're going to talk about a couple of those ways today, and then a lot more of those ways tomorrow. <laughs> but one of the ways in which it's a good matchup for Philadelphia is the Patriots are not a good team at passing deep down the field to their outside wide receivers, and the Eagles are not a good team covering deep down the field to their outside wide receivers. Now that being said, you're still asking guys like. Nate Gary, Kamugu J. Hill, potentially Nigel Bradham if he's back. I think he's day-to-day. You're still asking these guys to potentially win as short zone defenders. If you don't protect them by giving them confusing looks at the snap, the Browns very regularly against the Patriots dropped the defensive lineman and walled off a crosser, and I loved that. Hmm. Eagles want to rush with four, but they've done this before. Where they'll, they'll, they'll send that little A-gap blitz and they'll drop those defensive ends. That's great. Get guys in those underneath throwing lanes. But if you spot dropped cover three, oh, wow, sounds like Jim Schwartz. If you spot dropped cover three, I mean, this team knows how, that Bill Belichick's been putting hook curl defenders in conflict since before I was born, literally. Knows how to get you to check into those coverages. So, so, right, so if you're not going to pattern match bunch sets, 
which the Eagles don't do. Right. If you're not willing to, you know, drop eight and wall off crosses, which the Eagles occasionally do, if you're not willing to do this with regularity, Tom Brady is very, very okay with taking his team to second and five 19 times. Why wouldn't you? It's above schedule, and and you're not going to be able to, to to get huge chunk plays unless it's in the running game because this really is not a chunk pass a game offense. Running game or screen game is how they get their big chunk yardage. So what the the hope and the and the prayer and the expectation is whether it's right with the bills and with with like box calls and with moving the point man and and trying to confuse uh the the receivers as they get into their routes whether it's with linebackers walling off crossers whether it's with pattern matching where you're where you're pushing crossers and you're allowing safeties to come down and rob crossers which is something philadelphia does like to do you have to find a way to get your guys out of country cover three spot dropping cover three or out of cover one man right because if they are then you're asking avante maddox to win you a whole football game and he can't (laughs) he's a good player from the interior but he can't yeah i agree you know you're malcolm jenkins he can't anymore he could never probably but he really can't now it's like it's it's you have to adjust your defense to the offense you're playing (laughs) on that note (laughs) when we come back we'll dive further into this matchup and uh, we'll make some predictions against the spread that's coming up next here on the Kiston Solak Show. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And we are back here on the Kist and Solak Show episode 144, Bleeding Green Nation, SB Nation, Michael Kist here with Benjamin Solak. Ben, so we talked about some schematic things, what they might do with Turbo, what you need to look for from a coverage aspect from the Eagles, but kind of dialing into some of the matchups here. You're looking at, this is what PFF projects, by the way, and they're always going to move guys around, but Philip Dorsett, Jalen Mills. Julian Edelman against Avante Maddox, who you mentioned, might have to win the whole game because they're going to be going to Edelman a lot. He leads them in targets, 90 targets, 63 catches, uh, 663 yards at a 10.5 average with four touchdowns. And then you have uh, Mohamed Sanu looking like he's going to line up against Ronald Darby more often than not. Uh, I think the other thing that you have to be concerned with is when they go with the pony package with the with the two running backs and you've got James White, who is an excellent receiver for a running back. And I can just vision in my head. And, I, and this happened last week where they, they line James White out wide. And it, one of the reasons you do that is, number one, White can run a route tree. So you're really not losing a whole lot. Put him out there. A lot of times you see running backs out there and it's just like curl or streak. And it's just, you know, used as an identifier so the quarterback has more information. Patriots will throw to this guy. 
you saw last week or two weeks ago when Tariq Cohen was out there, Jalen Mills playing, you know, eight yards off, ends up 10 yards off, and they throw the little curl to Cohen. They'll throw that to James White 10 times out of 10 if you get to get, if you get it to him. And they'll do some other things with him as well. So 21 personnel, which is something that has given the Eagles problems all year and really for a while now under Jim Schwartz is an issue for me. Anything else you see with the matchups or anything else that you might be concerned about from this Patriots uh, offense? I said that I said that this is a good, uh, it could be a good matchup for the Eagles because their outside corners could be protected. Now, you don't have to worry about the Patriots tight end so much. So that's a plus. Right. Which is a big deal. Um, which, by the way, is it number 82, Eric Tomlinson? Yeah, because 82 was in there. Because he's it's- not on the run. He's not on the roster. I saw the same thing. I'm like, who is this cat? And I, I didn't go. I didn't, I didn't end up going back to it because they'll use him as a fullback too. Yes, they put him at fullback and a tight end in these two tight end sets with uh, Watson. I had to look at the snap counts for like tight ends, <laughs> yeah. and I see this dude named Eric Tomlinson. That's gotta be it. Right. I was trying to figure it out too. Like they just got this guy at the Safeway and plugged him in. Like, is this what they're doing for their fullback? Is this allowed? Right. Like, it's just you got people out here wearing weird numbers. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's from UTEP. He's 264 pounds. Anyway. That makes sense. Right. So you don't have to worry about the tight ends too much. Now, uh, a couple to respond to a couple questions that I think we've been asked like uh, uh, on the old interwebs. Mm. Uh, what do you do about James White? Mm. Well, if it's James White out of the backfield, you keep him in front of you, you rally and you tackle. Uh, historically, the e- the player the Eagles are going to put on him, will, like in man coverage, would be either Nate Gary, Michael Bra- Malcolm, uh, uh, Malcolm Jenkins, Nigel yeah. Bradham, or if it's right, if it's a third and long and they've got guys in the box that are threatening the blitz, then you could have, have a safety there as well. That being said, it's probably not going to be much of a man coverage game. It's probably going to be more of a zone game for Philadelphia because Schwartz is going to want to get pressure with four because he's watching the same offensive line that we're watching. He watched Sheldon Richardson absolutely murder uh, uh, whatever the center's name is. I can't remember now. Karras. Just yeah. kill him. I mean, poor fella. Right, and then you come, you come, and Sheldon Richardson's a doggone good football player, right? But then you come the very next week, and it's the Baltimore Ravens, and it's Michael Pierce and Brandon Williams, who are not known for their pass rushing ability, murdering this kid. Mm-hmm. So we've heard a lot the sentiment that hey, this is a we, we're gonna figure out how good Carson Wentz is. This is a Carson Wentz game. Can Carson Wentz lead the Eagles to victory? <laughs> this is a Fletcher Cox game. Yeah, screw the offense. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, it's not gonna go well. If it does, it's heroism. And that would be cool, but I don't think it's tenable. If this is a, a competitive game, it's the defense, and I think it's Fletcher Cox having what would you would call an all-star performance from an all-pro player. Their turnover drive frequency for the Patriots is at 8%. That's sixth in the league. The Eagles need to change that. They're 20th in the league, only 13%. They need to create plus field advantage for their offense for this to be a game. And part of that comes with creating pressure with Fletcher Cox, creating bad throws, and maybe getting some some strip fumbles in there. So I'm absolutely with you on that. They need help. Both sides of the ball. Complimentary football. Turn the ball over. Don't turn the ball over. You know what I mean? It's got to work on both sides. Yes. Though generating turnovers is, is exclusively a matter of pressure, right? It's not going to be a matter of any sort of defensive back play. Um, I mean, it's got to be quick interior pressure, too, because Tom Brady will step up in the pocket all day against such pressure. They have to get an inside push. Right. Well, that's what's nice about having rushers who love to come inside like Brandon Graham and, right. and, and Derek Barnett is this can be an issue at times against mobile quarterbacks, Dak Prescott, Aaron Rodgers. But Derek Barnett's really poor rush in integrity is a great boon against Tom because he's not breaking the pocket. Right. I mean, it's not going to happen. So, I mean, he, he does rarely, but it's very infrequent. So Yeah, but you can you can 
have options you can kind of free wheel a little bit more without worrying about that rush line integrity yeah pressure with four mm. we should be able to beat this offensive line with our defensive line that allows us to drop seven against five that's what allows us to run zone coverage that's what allows us to pattern match we need numbers cool well we've been asked like okay are they gonna double julian element it's really hard to double the guy from the slot <laughs> yeah it is it messes with your defense it's it's really hard to do you can if you're in man everywhere else. Mm-hmm. And I'm here to tell you, if the Eagles want to do it with Edelman, fine. Muhammad Sanu is going for 8-104. Mm-hmm. You know, and you got to be able to live with that. And if that's your choice, that's your choice. Sanu has not been a, you know, immediate lock and, and great player for, right. for New England. Yeah, if you're dumping resources in one place, you're choosing where to die otherwise. And you got to be comfortable with that. Which... Part of defense, and any defensive coach will tell you this. That's the game. You take away the, the the best thing that you can do, and then if they beat us this way, they beat us this way. Most defenses, and Eagles fans will be triggered by this, but most defenses, like, listen, if they can throw deep to the outside of the numbers with consistency, then they'll beat us that way, which that's yeah, how the Eagles defense loses. Exactly. Um, but, you know, like this, like, you know, you, if you have the, the talent to be able to do so, then you have the talent to be able to do so. Now, we've also been asked, is this uh, a situation where the Eagles are going to be in four corner dime when they have six defensive backs on the field? Historically, they like to get a third safety in there for the size in the box. Are they going to be four corners in the dime package? The answer to that is unequivocally yes, in my opinion. Number one, uh, you're not going to have to go into dime a ton just because uh, the the Patriots run a, a very high frequency of heavier sets. Uh, so this team is in 11 personnel, only 51% of the time, which is one of the lowest numbers in the league. Then it's kind of like a hodgepodge of, of 12, what, 18%? Right. Their, like their 12 is at 10%. Their 21 is at 18%, which is second mm. highest in the league. Um, that number is conflated by Minnesota, uh, who who is at 25%, which is unbelievably high. But the the... the the, the reason that 18% throws you a little bit is because they'll go two backs and they'll put Brandon Bolden on the outside. They'll put right, James right. White in the slot. And so it, it can be confusing. Um, but you're going to have to be in four corner because you just don't have the safety talent to, to do it, right? You don't have the safety talent to put a third safety on the field. I also expect the Eagles to be able to hold up in the run game enough to create those situations where you are going to be playing more dime than not. Right, exactly. And yeah, I mean, like, you, you, you put Rudy Ford, Marcus Epps out there, you're asking to die. So... <laughs> Uh, if you get Nikhil Harry, he's on the outside. You put Russell Douglas on him. You leave Ronald Darby on the opposite outside. And then as we've seen, Jalen Mills and Avante Maddox in the slot. It's not as, that's not that bad. Uh, in terms of dime packages the Eagles have used before, that's not the worst thing I've ever seen. Now you brought up the running game. Shannon Sullivan's not in there, yeah. yeah. Right. And I said the Patriots uh, on the offensive line and offensive front just do everything, right? I would love to sit here and be like, aha, like with Sonny Michelle on second downs <laughs> in between the 30s. I got nothing for you. Nothing, yeah. Right? <laughs> What I will tell you is that Sonny's the primary ball carrier. Yeah. But they rotate guys in. And because it's it's old Bill, you know, they roll out tomorrow with freaking some fourth string dude whose name I don't know. And I still think and I think this year, more than a lot of other years, they're still trying to figure out their identity on offense. And that already with a very flexible coach when it comes to his not only his game plan and his personnel. It's hard to get any keys to, like, really hang on to with this team. Right, which, like, it's tricky because, like, are they trying to figure out their identity? Well, the Patriots' offensive identity is like, hey, what are you bad at? This is our identity now. I mean, they still have, the like, the spine of what their offense is, and they always do that other stuff. But I think this year more than other years, because of the issues with personnel, they're trying to figure out, okay, you're bad at this. What are we really good at? What can we impose on teams that they have issues. I mean, it's right. mainly the quick passing game, but you know that. Already. Right, which, which, so, right. So I think that, yeah, like, I, I think it's it's still going to be a game where you see them try to run the football. 
I think that, yeah, you can't really dial in on this is a zone team, this is a power team, this is how you have to play them. You got to be thick against doubles. They double a lot in, in a variety of situations. Um, you know, they pull guys, like like Mike said, fullbacks or tight ends lined up as fullbacks, motioning guys into the backfield. They'll do, they'll put those running backs in the backfield, then they'll bring them into the backfield. Two back sets, you got to be good in your keys. Um, so it's not an overwhelming offensive line, nor is it an overwhelming talent at running back, but it's still uh, multiplicitous, and that makes it difficult to deal with. What I will say is that the screen game that they run out of the backfield is. Oh, a delight it's pretty the the variety of ways that they get the running back out of the backfield the the timing of the lineman out of the backfield with the angles that they want is just really cool it's not always just like you know oh the back steps up from shotgun he kind of hangs around for one second and he leaks out to the left it's like swing passes that they, 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 like swing release to a screen it's you know upfield release and then leak out for a screen and it's different linemen releasing at different times and, and they're just really really good at getting into the screen game it's very well designed it's clearly practiced really hard this is a very very good screen team that can be an issue for the eagles because their linebackers can get very aggressive coming in downhill, which means you're at a bad angle to get outside, outside of the hashes, outside of the numbers in the screen game. And then if the corners are in turn and run man coverage, then you got no second line of defense, you get chunk gains. So the Eagles are probably going to give up a couple of big screens. Um, and I anticipate that's how the Patriots do most of their explosive passing play damage. Um, so it was a running game, screen game, passing game. At the end of the day, like we don't know what Nikhil Harry is coming back. You know, Philip Dorsett has been like, inconsistent for them on the outside jacoby myers had one snap last week right and if they go turbo they're not playing either harry or myers right myers, right. which they shouldn't it should be dorsett edelman mm-hmm. sanu whatever tight end you want who can pretend to be a fullback and and john james white or sunny but the, the the salient and overall point being this for all of the issues passing down the field if you don't think that bill belichick's watched the eagles defense and hasn't <laughs> dialed up a deep post you're just dumb yeah, right. Like I said, they like those switch releases with the with the wheel combined with the post. They're going to run that anyway. I think it's going to be there against the Eagles. Right. And so the thing is, like this Patriots offense does not look like a a super dynamic downfield passing twenty first century offense. Yeah, but if there's a defense that can make them look that way, it's Philadelphia. And this is what we have to remember: is that like while the Eagles might have the personnel to take away some of those interior routes, that's where they're they're stronger in the defensive secondary. While they might have the front four who can threaten that weaker interior offensive line, who can challenge Marshall Newhouse on the left side. Eventually, I mean, like, you go back to Washington in week one. Washington left eight guys in the block, ran play action, deep cross or deep post. Mm-hmm. They ran Yankee three Easy times. Stuff. Right. Yeah. And it's going to be open. Because if you have eight blockers in, Philadelphia's got nine dudes in the box. So mm-hmm. it's open <laughs> for you. So the thing is, like, we can talk about what we expect and what we've seen. But what we should expect from Belichick is what has been the Eagles issue, which means we should expect deep targets against one-on-one coverage. Uh, and, and even if that's not Tom's best ball and even if it's not the receiver's best routes, they're going to be able to complete on them for chunk gains. And that's that's the reality the Eagles are living in right now. Did you see the tweet from Mike Reese from ESPN Boston? About Nate Gary? During practice, the Patriots have put the scout team with two yellow jerseys, right? Yes. These are quote-unquote key Eagles players on defense. One of them is representative of Fletcher Cox. The other one is representative of Nathan Gary. Good old Nathan! If I had to guess, it's because they have marked this man for death. 
That's my best guess. Right. Not because he's some dynamic playmaker. You need to know where he is at all times. And I understand you need to identify the mic and they're going to do some things where he steps in the A gap and you want to, you want to see how you respond from a play, you know, a, a pass protection standpoint, getting to Cox, making sure that he's taken care of when he steps in like that and all that stuff. I think they're going to play action him. I think they're going to do all types of, they're going to do naughty, naughty things to Nate Gary, in my opinion. I'm very, very concerned about that more so than I would be if he wasn't wearing that yellow jersey. Fletcher Cox is identified so that the offensive line can practice figuring out which way to shift. Mm-hmm. Nate Gary is identified <laughs> so that the quarterback can practice identifying where to throw the football. I mean, it's as simple as that. This is not like a let's take away Nate Gary thing. This is like a he's the mic. <laughs> we had a call plays relative to the mic. They're wearing the jersey for very different reasons. Exactly, yeah. Right. And yeah. even if... But even if... Maybe it's a basic thing. Even if it was like, hey, let's put jerseys on the guys we care about the most. I even put- though... Even... <laughs> even, <laughs> even if it was about putting jerseys on the people we care about the most. Uh-huh. And even Nate Gary's most ardent supporters have to agree <laughs> that on this defense, if you identify the two players you worry about the most... Nate's probably not one of them. <laughs> not at all. Exactly. Anyway, yeah, no, I saw that. That made me laugh. Uh, do we have a number for the Patriots offense? Yeah, we. we oh, we, over. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Wow, that was quick. Well, let's go to the DraftKings sportsbook official line here. Patriots are favored by three and a half. Forty-four and a half is the over/under. I'm assuming that I'm assuming that line is going to shift a little bit more once we find out more about Alshon Jeffrey because it's not looking. Fantastic. So that would put the score, let's put it around 24 to 20. So 24 for the Patriots um, over. Ben, you. 24? Yeah. It's going to be f- sub 40 degrees in Philadelphia this Sunday. Isn't it going to be like 41 though? Like, dude, you think that bothers Tom Brady? Have you seen like it's it's high of 41 or it's either like high or low or it's like day and night, 41, 33. I, I, you know what? I did see that. Illuminati. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. They mentioned that on BGN Radio with, with Kemsky and uh, BLG, too, which is fascinating. Right. When it's nippy, hits hurt harder. Um, and so I think that, that that's more of an incentive to pass than it is to run. Also, thinner air uh, is easier to throw the ball against. But then again, also, if your hands are cold, you have a bad grip. So, I mean, it's whatever. Great for the Eagles receivers. That's fantastic. That's going to I'm so excited to talk about the Eagles offense tomorrow. So <laughs> excited. Um, I'll take over on 24. Yeah, me too. I... Do not anticipate Bill Belichick being confounded by what the Eagles can do on defense. Oh, I forgot one thing. I'm looking at my notes. Hmm. Use stunts. Okay, I'm done. That's going to do it. That's that's the preview. So we're going over on 24 points. And uh, on the next KNS, we'll be talking about the uh, the Eagles offense against the Patriots' top-ranked defense. It's It's going to be a fun one. They really need to win probably two out of three. Between Patriots, Seahawks, Dallas, that would be ideal out of those three games. Got my doubts about this one. Ben, say goodbye to the gentle listeners. Hey, thank you as always. We're back for listening to the Kiss and Solak Show. Hey, hey. Here on uh, Bleeding Green Nation Radio. Would you appreciate you swinging by? The back half of the season awaits. Philadelphia 5-4, and four, seven games left. Tied ah. for first in the NFC East. The division title is in sight. It's actually very funny, Mike. We're pretty much like if you look at playoff projections, ESPN 538, there's two teams in the NFC West making it, Seattle and San Francisco. There's two teams in the NFC North making it. That's Green Bay and Minnesota. Uh-huh. Then you've got the uh, the heads of the NFC South, uh, the winner there being New Orleans. And then it's likely the winner of the NFC East. And so this is pretty much the last battle we've got in the NFC left over. 
it's going to be a fun one. We're looking at that week 16 game against the Eagles. Or against the Cowboys. I can't keep my face straight. This is too cute. Okay. <laughs> week 16 game against the Cowboys coming up. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, please go ahead, rate, review, and subscribe on whatever app you listen to your podcasts. If you leave a cool review, I haven't looked at them in a while. I'll look at them now, so make sure you leave one. Uh, we have a show coming up tomorrow. Augustus is on the camera right now, so I really can't focus on the Rafa. We all we got. Uh, we all we need. Say Augie. Fly, Eagles, fly. You say hi? Hi, Uncle Ben. <laughs> what? P-G-N. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.